Welcome to the October episode of Amiga Ireland. I'm Irla. I'm Rob. And I'm Luke. And in today's episode, Tristam Island, an Infocom-like text adventure game for Amiga, Commodore and other platforms. Ami Blitz 3 gets an update. And uh, what is a Wayfarer? And that's in uh, addition to our news, games, music and uh, other sections. Before we get going, guys, how have you been doing? Pretty busy now. I've got uh, my uh, LED controller project that I've been working on for the last while. That's kind of almost there, ready to order some some uh, PCBs from China and build it and see if it actually works in, in the flesh. <laughs> nice. And um, yeah, and that's so working on the software for that as well. So um, yeah, I've been pretty busy with that. Cool. Yeah. Um, oh, and I rescued a printer from a local place, which a uh, local pharmacy that was getting remodeled. So um, I'm very happy with that. Been trying it, Wordworth and stuff with that on it, and it's spot on. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy days. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I need to sort out. I got uh, OS three point one point four so that I could print on my PCL three GUI set up here, but um, I haven't really had proper time to get into it yet. You know. Hmm. So yeah, that's something for uh, another time. Yeah. Um, I turned on the heat for the first time today. It's a bit of a tragedy, lads. <laughs> yeah. Time for the winter duvet. I think it was April or May when I last uh, had the heat on. So <laughs> next, yeah. ne- ne- next step, uh, onesie or <laughs> hot water bottles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my wife has the hot water bottles going the whole time. She's gassed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about you, Luke? How are you doing? Well, just busy with my life as well. You know, yeah, every yeah. day, uh, just the work. Oh, 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 there's one thing. I've managed to, I've managed to acquire a retro PC actually from '96, very, very well mm-hmm. equipped with Windows '95 installed and a lot of you know like a. Um, old like quagdoms and things like that, so that I can compare it, you know, like with modern Amiga versions. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. It's not nice. strictly Amiga, but a retro anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Reference machine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go on to the news. Viva Amiga, the extended remix version, has been updated to Vimeo. This is actually free to backers of David Pleasance's new book, Vultures to Vampires. So if you're a backer, go and check out the link here in our show notes. Uh, the first release, uh, first public release of uh, Amos, Amos Professional for AGA machines. So this is an update to Amos Professional from, um, from back in the day. It's a basic language, but it's quite well suited to games, but it, it hasn't supported AGA until now. So this has been in the works for a while, and um, so we've got a... Um, it's, it's, it's an alpha version, but it's, it's, it's available to download for anyone who remembers that and wants to get a bit of, um, you know, a bit of AGA action in their, in their little games. So, yeah, give it a go. Right, and this one is a really big one. Um, MorphOS 3.14 gets released. Um, this is mainly a maintenance and stability release, but... Uh, uh, Apart from that, brings um, a lot of multiple technological improvement in the kernel and uh, support uh, of TLS in the exec library, updates to the TCP/IP uh, net stack, and many, many more. Apart from that, 
it brings something more, which Irla will say. Ah, uh, yeah. So you must be referring to Wayfarer. Yes. Which is a very... This is really uh, hot news. Yeah, I was very surprised at what I saw here. So this is a modern web browser. Uh, the first beta has just been released for Morph OS 3.14. And it's based on a modern branch of WebKit. And it's possible to browse most of the web that has become off limits for Odyssey, such as Google Apps like Docs, mm-hmm. Drive, Maps, uh, Street View even. Um, but it also uh, you can access the web uh, interfaces for things like WhatsApp and Telegram. That's just mind-boggling. Uh, and now Ami Blitz Three has uh, had a big update. So it's it's um, there a little while ago. It was sort of uh, sort of sitting un, un unnoticed and unloved in uh, in uh, you know the doldrums. But um, a guy has picked it up, and it is you now now this is the second big release that it's had since then. So it is three point eight point zero is available on GitHub and the link is in the show notes. But this uh, makes some major changes to the um to the environment gives you you know a lot of different options for text suggestions, text highlighting, uh you know things like line numbers and stuff like that, all different kinds of uh nice options for um you know auto completion and things like that. Um but it also does a big cleanup on the the command libraries and um improves compatibility with older systems of the code that it produces um and yeah all all around it's a very very good release so um yeah if you if you're using amiblitz um this especially if it's one of the older versions like 3.6 this is a this is quite an important one because it'll really sort of improve the compatibility of what you write um another one is uh, uh, an update again but this time is the roadshow 1.14 a lot of you like a pie Numbers. Have you noticed that as well? And so on and so on. So um, this one is mainly focused on uh, bug fixing, um, efficiency, stability, adding new functions. Uh, amongst them, there are two very interesting uh, things. Uh, the first one is the remote shell and adding new inbuilt shell server as well which allows to create networks and uh, running through Amiga um, apps or programs on other computers, as well as exchanging data. So uh, uh, this uh, update is free for download for all uh, uh, registered uh, users. Wow. I'm a Roadshow user myself, actually, and I think someone in Rob's group has made an interface for it, isn't they? A GUI interface. Yes, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Graham, Graham made that uh, roadie. So it's it's a, it's a very simple kind of. Uh, it's just the basic functionality of on off ping and and a couple of other little things like that. So it's not it's not the full blown you know being able to configure interfaces, but for ninety percent of the you know the things that you actually need, you know, once you have it set up, all you need to do is go online and offline, and that's uh, that's it. That's it, yeah, and it's a great little thing, a great little program for that, and uh, written in Basic. bit basic actually. <laughs> yeah, you can download it from Aminet as far as I remember, and it gets yeah. updated once, once in a while. Hmm. Hmm. Well, also available on Aminet is um, oh damn it, <laughs> right? Fractal Voyager one point one has been released for OS four, Morphos, and Aros. Um, this is a fractal explorer for educational purposes. You can export your image to PNG and also save the parameters used to create it for later reference. It supports Julia, Mandelbrot and uh, Multibrot sets. 
And new features um, added recently include more graphics resolutions as well as increased efficiency. Nice. Uh, one for the, the fixers out there, Diagram has had another update. Um, so this is version 1.2.1. So it's a, it's a relatively minor update, but it fixes a few key bugs that caused issues. For example, when you were... Um, if you tried to boot Diagram and it didn't find RAM, it would try and detect uh, an A1200 accelerator and that would make it fall over on machines like the 3000, 4000. And there are a couple of other little fixes like that that are kind of, uh, you know, just, just basically improving the hardware detection and the RAM detection. So, um, you know, it'll be quite useful for anyone who's uh, doing some low-level repairs and or, or building re-Amigas. Another one is a very interesting thing. It's just... Uh tiny program but might be very useful we've got amidoc as far as i remember from uh from uh amiga 3.9 we've mm-hmm. got tool manager as, as far as i remember and it also requires i think at least uh kickstart 2.2.1 uh, or 2.2.05 but this wb doc or workbench doc is a classic doc for amiga but with the minimal requirements, it'll run even on Amiga uh, equipped with the Kickstart 1.3, which I I think I haven't seen any dock for uh, Workbench 1.3. Have you guys? No. Well, definitely not a graphical one, because I think yeah, this one takes right. the icons, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's right. So this is a pretty like interesting thing, uh, to see, mm-hmm. especially if you're used to uh, using dock, just like, for example, me, and I just, you know, like, I like yeah. it, and I've got it everywhere when I, when, yeah, whenever yeah. I use it. I've got it on, on my old Amigas. I've got it on my Ubuntu Linux. I've got it on my Manjaro Linux as well. Not to mention, of course, uh, OS X. Mm-hmm. And that's from um, Thomas Rapp. I, I, that's I think from Thomas great. Rapp. That's right. He's good. <laughs> He's, He's really no good. mess. And it, there's no nonsense about it. Like, his website's been the same for about 20 years. But um, <laughs> he has some very, very excellent tools for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for anything from, you know, from from the likes of that and simple tools for earlier Amigas to repairing your hard drive and RDB fixing tools and stuff. He's got some incredibly useful stuff on his website, so check it out. Mm-hmm. Very pragmatic guy. Yeah. And speaking of pragmatic guys, Christoph Radzikowski has created a book detailing the perfect installation um, and configuration of Amiga OS 3.1.4, whether that's on emulation or Raspberry Pi or on a real Amiga. Um, you can follow the link we have here in the show notes to watch a review in English and request an English version of the book. Now, he's also created a helpful ISO with some hard to get software and some other useful uh, utilities that should really be a part of your 3.1.4 installation and um, the aim is really just to make a great system with uh, networking multimedia and more and he takes you through it all and it looks absolutely excellent and another little useful tool especially if you like listening to um, SIDS um, mini SID player has been released uh, for OS 4 and more for us also there's a version for 68k uh, CPUs. Uh, however, it requires um, FPU. Um, if you, just like me, and like an addict, if it comes to listening to a Commodore 60, C64 music, you'll find this little, you know, like an app, very useful as a, as a, as just like me. Yeah, me too. I still like SIDS. Yeah, I like them a lot. Okay, let's move on to the games. 
NC shooter has been ported to Aros with versions already available for 68k. It's a very impressive text-based vertical shooter from Poland and uh, the only dependency as far as I can see is having NCurses installed and we have a link to uh, some downloads for that here. Magica has been released for the A500. Um, now I haven't played this myself but it's it's um, it's a single screen platformer so um, you, you know the type um, and it looks beautiful and uh, yeah and it looks it looks like it'll be a lot of fun so um, I'll have to have a, a, a look at that but I believe it was originally a, an Amstrad game or a Specky yes, game or something like that it was, so um, it, it was an Amstrad release yeah yeah so uh, so that's made its way onto the onto the Amiga and it running on the Amiga 500 Shadow of Sergoth um, uh, is a great RPG game actually with a beautiful uh, with a beautiful graphics and uh, great music and the, a demo of first level actually can be downloaded so you can actually see for yourself uh, how it actually runs and it runs pretty alright it's been written in Amos uh, and then um, it requires a OCS ECS chipset and uh, the, when you run it on your like a, a, a pure 68k processor, I think it's just a little bit too slow. Uh, you need some sort of like a, at least fast RAM and 020 to to uh, to 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 feel the 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 the, the, the climate, the atmosphere, and the the flu the the the, the fluid motion of the uh, main character. Tristam Island is an Infocom-like text adventure game, and um, they are they're selling this. Uh, but you can download a binary, uh, sorry, a demo to try out if you'd like. And they have binaries for almost every Commodore machine imaginable, including the Plus Four and the Amiga. So um, that's well worth checking it out if you enjoy text adventures, uh, like I do. Uh, Scum VM has been updated, and uh, that's. It's updated to 2.2.0. So um, that has... Well, if you don't know what ScumVM is, it's, it's basically a sort of an interpreter for um, adventure games. So the Monkey Island kind of point-and-click games. And it started out as that, and it's grown into a sort of a, a sort of a multi-adventure engine uh, reconstruction, basically. So it, what it does is it'll take the data files from point-and-click adventures and lets you play them on on machines that they was never running on originally. So, um, so yeah, Monkey, Monkey Island is the big... You know, I you know the Monkey Island series is the big one, but um, the you know I, they they're constantly updating it to work with more and more games, and the latest release adds a few more games, like some of the later Ultima games, and um, you know, and a few there are a few other uh, additions to the list there. But it's like it's, it 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 opens it up to a it can open up like a huge catalog of older games um, that uh, you know that wouldn't otherwise run on the hardware, and you'd either need an emulator. So it's it's kind of um, it's a nice thing that you know that's not not quite an emulator because it still runs the code, but it's you know it's an, it's an engine, it's a replacement engine for the games. But um, that's available for uh, Morph OS and OS four. Um, I'm not sure if the 68k version got an update because I know it's a, it is quite a heavy program. But um, yeah, it's, it basically, it's it's actually impressive to see that the OS four Morph OS versions are downloadable from the official website, which is cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. I was wondering when you, when I saw that link there, I was thinking that doesn't look right. <laughs> yeah, no, this, it's actually, they, if you go to the download section, it has, and for Haiku, and, you know, for it's, basically every platform you can think of. <laughs> every every possible platform you can think of, you know, like uh, even with, with plat- uh, PlayStation Portable, PlayStation yeah. Vita, 
Atari, uh, I, I think Falcon with its, you know, like an incarnation of Mint. Mm-hmm. And then um, nearly everything. Nintendo Wii, you name it, they've got it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, very good one. Very, very good. A lot of hardware has been, you know, like, put into uh, this, uh, this, this engine, you know? Yeah. Um, right. Um, another one is, um, another world for C64. An early, early preview, uh, gets released. You can see, you know, like the first level of the game being ported to C64. Sometime ago, this guy, um, has, uh, uh, he managed actually to, to port the intro and he did a really great job. And right now he's working on the first level. And, uh, it looks really good. I, I'm, I'm just wondering because I, I remember first, first attempts of, of another world being ported to C64 somewhere around 95. And I, I remember I was reading it in a Polish magazine, Commodore and Amiga. And then, uh, slowly it disappeared as, you know, like a, the, the, the popularity of C64 at that time, you know, like I started to fade. So I'm really glad to see this coming, and I'm really hoping this is just you know, like a first step towards, like for example, maybe flashback being ported to C64. C- that that is just a must. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, if you look at the video, it's like it, it is incredible. The, yeah, the, yeah. How it looks so far. Wow. Yeah, it's impressive. Okay, let's move on to discoveries. Right, so uh, my first discovery is uh, J minus speech from 1990, released from uh, released uh, released actually by Omega Bill. He found the tapes in his garage. The tapes belonged or, to, or belong to his father, so he, he managed to you know, like uh, uh, clean them and uh, release this speech uh, of, of J minor. And he talks about Amiga 3000 and he talks about different projects. And if if you haven't seen it, please have a look. It's a part of our heritage and our history if it comes to Amiga. Wow. The final fight, Turrican 2, has had an excellent tribute by Volcar X. And um, I don't know if you've heard it yet, guys, but it's basically um, a mixture of electronic and rock together. Um, there have been some other really good versions of this, including by Banjo Gaiali. But um, this one is really rocking. We might even play it with it actually uh, today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you heard it, guys? I haven't. No. No, I haven't either. I'll okay. Later okay. on. Okay, let's play out with it. And uh, thanks to Volker X for permission to use it in the episode. Now, um, this this is a thing that is kind of grown out of um, basically an argument as to whether it could be done or not. But uh, there's a Doom clone that's being developed for the Amiga 500, and you know, every so often it gets, um, you know, another little update, and they've they've managed to glean a few new CPU cycles out of it, and you know, change change something else to get you know get some other texture working and stuff like that. And it it really really looks the business now, and it's it's called Dread, and then there's a new preview video after being released. And now what they've done in this one is, um, and I you know when I saw this I thought this this is incredible. Um, they've they've basically redrawn. The, the hand weapon. So up until now, the, the, basically the the hand that you see in front of you, the bobs around, you know, in in, in Doom, it, it it didn't look great, and it kind of, uh, yeah, it, it, it yeah, it basically sort of it it 
didn't didn't look the full shilling really, but um, it, didn't, it didn't look right. It's yeah. quite the pleasure of of playing this exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I can't, I can't really I can't quite explain it, but it looked like sort of it looked like it was sort of like a like a mesh or something like that, and like every second pixel was missing or or whatever. Or very, but, um, or very heavily dithered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now they've been redrawn, and it looks. It, it really changes even if nothing else has changed it looks it changes the sort of the initial impression of the game it, it changes how like how it looks the whole time and it's it's like this is very very impressive stuff that this runs on a 500 yeah i couldn't believe what i was seeing there um the the amount of detail i mean to try and you know to even just have the sort of ambition to go and try and do something like that on a 500 and to go into that amount of detail mm. and get the amount of performance and and graphics out of it that they're doing is just um, I don't think I've, I've seen anything like it. I, mean, I, can't I haven't seen anything like it before either, to be honest. Mm. That's the KK. Is a, he's a just absolutely brilliant coder. He I think he started first with some sort of a demo. I remember, and uh, the, the the demo was was for five hundred, and it had, uh, it had the the the, the fastest ever engine, the three D engine that I've ever seen. You know. And then I think from that on moment when people you know, like have noticed him on the demo scene, uh, they 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 kept asking when are you going to release Wolfenstein? <laughs> so he <laughs> went even further and started mm-hmm. working on Doom. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of like detail of squeezing, you know, every possible piece of you know performance. Mm-hmm. Out of it, it it reminds me of um, listening to Volker Vertic talk talking about making the settlers. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you that... know, like he 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 fanned out in every direction possible to get as many um, characters on the screen. You know, as many little like you know settler pe- sprites mm-hmm. on the screen as possible. As many um, details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get the absolute, you know, to, yeah, to milk the machine for everything it can possibly offer. That's it. And, yeah. Uh, it seems like it's the same here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, guys. Uh, do you read newspapers? Do you still read newspapers? Mm-hmm. Do you buy newspapers? Not, not, not really. I probably should, be, but uh, <laughs> I don't really. I read some online, you know. What about you, Rob? Yeah, it doesn't really happen much, but yeah, it's the same story. You read articles online and stuff, but that's it. Can you, can you believe that... Uh, Recently, Guardian, the, you know, like uh, the, the the British newspaper, mm-hmm. uh, has announced that Amiga is actually like a second best computer ever. Mm-hmm. Some sort of you know, like a list of computers, you know, like a through ages, and then Amiga gets the second place, which is, I think, not too bad at all. Not too bad at After all. all. Yeah, Abs- absolutely. This this was a funny thing because uh, when this came out, whatever it was, uh, a week or so ago. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, be sort of going around a few different retro communities and stuff like that and just, like, having a look. But every single one of them sort of, like, you know, burst out in this, like, you know, angry posts from everyone saying, oh, my God, I can't believe X platform wasn't the top one. <laughs> like, well, no, you know, you can't all be right. <laughs> and and anyway, it's an opinion piece. So, you know, that's, that's you know, just get over it. That's right. But um, it, it was very funny. Like, you know, I can't believe the, you know, the Spectrum wasn't the top computer ever. And <laughs> what? Yeah, but um, you know, and it's so, and it, it even happened a bit in the Amiga community. Like, I can't believe it was only number two, but um, you know, like the, the top one was the PC, and you know, like it, like it or loathe it, it's, you know, it it has had um the probably the most significant impact on humanity of any computer platform, 
because like, look at it, just look at it, <laughs> you know, everything uses it. So, um, you know, you don't have to like it, but, um, I think, I think it's actually a, a relatively well thought out list, you know, and I think, yeah, the Amiga did well to get up there and, and, uh, but it was, I think, I think they, they made a lot of good points in it, you know, for all the platforms. Well worth a read. Yeah, that's yeah. I must give that a read because I'm surprised the Amiga showed up at all because there are so many devices now. You could even in the last ten years, you know, you could you could easily cut off before you get back to the nineties. You know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it should it should be pointed out, of course, that they don't count. They're not counting consoles. So um, you know, all the you know the, like the the NES, Mega Drive, SNES, uh, you know, PlayStation, all that kind of stuff is kind of. Yeah, that's that's it. But this is really sort of home computers or computers, you know, in that that kind of sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty, good, yeah, pretty good read, I must say. Absolutely, I've yeah. read it, and it's a pretty good read. Yeah, lovely. Okay, let's move on to Ask Amiga. So I I have a PCL three GUI printer, mm-hmm. and you know, before I got three point one point four. You, I was told you know, you'd download Turbo Print and that'll make it work, and it didn't. It didn't work. I couldn't get it going. Um, and now that three point one point four supposedly supports that spec, I'm wondering what is the direct route, you know? Um, and does it matter if I try it wirelessly or not? Um, well, yeah. Like the thing is, you've got you've got a couple of different layers. You've got your sort of you know your low level hardware interface layer, and you've got your higher level protocol layer. And um, yeah, so, you know, traditionally the Amiga has the parallel port for the low level stuff, but you can essentially transport that over whatever means you want and whatever means the printer supports. So like, like, like I was saying earlier, I got, I rescued this printer from a shop that was being redone and um, it's a brother laser printer, but it has all sorts of fantastic emulation options. And I use it in my old job or I use a similar one in my old job for old MS-DOS machines. So I knew it had this great support. And so you can just go through the menus and set it to be an old Epson printer or an old HP printer or whatever. And so you set it to a HP LaserJet, plug in the Amiga, and it works. But it also has um, it has a network port, it has USB, and it has a parallel port, which is unusual these days. And um, you know, you can no matter what way you connect the Amiga to it, you use the same driver. So you've got well, you've got you've got you've got the same printer driver, but the device driver changes basically based on how it's connected. So so the top layer. The printer driver stays the same and you just use the HP LaserJet or PCL1 or whatever driver you happen to be using. And then to print over wireless, there's um there's a net print device and there are a couple of other there's L, there's an a net LPT device and stuff like that as well. So but these are these are basically your low level transport and they effectively behave the same as the parallel port. So you can print to it. Uh, with even with an old driver and it will think it's printing to let's say the parallel port but it will take it and transmit it over the wireless over the over the network or whatever to your uh, printer so by and large they generally work quite well um yeah if you have issues like w- one of the issues with older versions of workbench was that you couldn't easily intercept the parallel port calls it assumed you were using the parallel port so you needed some dodgy patches and stuff for like that to, to make that work. But from from 3.5 on, I think, and 3.9, 3.1.4, you can specify the device for the low level for the low level transport. So you can change your parallel dot device, which is what I used before, and swap it out and put in USB parallel device or netprint dot device or what you know, whatever else. And then 
your driver will send to that instead of the parallel port and then it should just magically work. Um, uh, yeah, you've got, if, if you've got the right driver for the printer, that's kind of the right, you know, printer driver for the printer, that's kind of a key thing. And because new printers, especially the, the common sort of, you know, the, your average inkjet printer that you get doesn't get much support and it usually has a sort of a kind of a custom type of language on it and um, usually it's just made for Windows to do most of the processing and send the data to the printer and that makes them cheap to make and cheap to dispose of and all that kind of stuff. But if you can get a printer that supports one of the more like like PostScript or PCL or whatever, you know, and you can find a driver that works with that, then, you know, you should be able to print very, very well with it. Um, yeah, okay. There, there are ways of even translating, um, like the Amiga can do pretty good PostScript output. And there are ways of taking that and translating it, even if your printer doesn't support PostScript. So, for example, you can use. Um, I had it set up on Windows XP that I had. I have a, a really lovely uh, photographic printer. Like it's, you know, it's borderline professional stuff, and it breaks my heart putting ink in it because it's so bloody expensive. But it's a lovely printer. But it was Windows only or Mac only, and um, so what I had set up years ago was. I had a little, uh, like a stack of software running on Windows that basically set up a virtual printer and the printer would accept PostScript. Then it would use a script to run GhostScript and translate that PostScript to graphics and then my printer would print it. And that worked actually really well. So you just share the printer on Windows and you can use the same thing you, or you can do a very similar thing on Linux with uh, with um, Guttenprint. Samba, is it? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. No. Well, you can use Samba for the network end of it, yeah, but you, to share it. But use uh, like a good and print driver, and go script and do all the translation layer as well. So you can do that and then oh, just yeah. share it. And so the Amiga sees a PostScript printer on the network using uh, NetPrint or whatever, and so it gets to the other computer. And you can even use a Raspberry Pi for this. I've seen people do that. Like so, have like a little mini print server on your network, and um, and yes, yeah, so and that will translate the PostScript that the Amiga sends to whatever format the printer will use. And then that's a nice workaround and let you use a modern printers. Um, I kind of, when I think it was, um, I had that running on XP. And when I, when I moved to Windows 7, that just stopped working and I could not get it working on Windows 7. Hence the, the new printer I have now. Um, well, I have both of them here now, the, the, the Windows only one and this one. But I have to say the brother one's fantastic because the unique print to it directly. And that's, um, that's like, yeah, it's a godsend uh, for, for some stuff, uh, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, um, how, how often am I re- realistically going to use it? But there's occasions when I would be printing something out, a diagram or whatever. I say, uh, you know, this would be just so much easier if we just print from the Amiga. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd actually um, make a lot more documents and spreadsheets on the Amiga if, if I knew that when I need to print, which is rare enough. But if I knew that when I need to print, I could print it. But abs- um, that's actually the thing that's stopping me using it more. Absolutely. So, and uh, and uh, yeah, back back in the day, I had... Um, uh, an Epson stylus 460, I think, or 640. But anyway, it was one. Of, it was one of the Epson inkjets, and there is a printer in Workbench for it. But I had TurboPrint. I actually bought TurboPrint at the time, and it was fantastic. It came with an amazing graphics publisher that it, the likes of which is still not really an easy thing to get on Windows. You know, it's like you just you know you drag your images in, you drag them around and resize them on the page, and you click print, and it's just fantastic. Like, and the, and the quality was amazing, and it, it was just 
um it was just a business but um you know sadly newer printers don't have drivers like that but um but yeah if you can if you can get it working reliably and get get your output sorted um it is a really really you know still still viable with a few workarounds but yeah just for printing a quick document fantastic and um yeah when i was, I was speaking of postscript you know typically that's used for black and white stuff but there are color postscript printers and the amiga has a color postscript driver so you can print to to that as well you know so it'll, you can still print in full color um with 3.9 and 3.1.4 i'm pretty sure it full it supports full 24 bit color but before that it was only 12 bit color uh, so from 3.1 and down and um, just um yeah there you go it's there's, so there's a little bit of fiddling to be done depending on the printer but in general it's still uh it's you know still quite viable okay yeah thanks for that rob i'm going to give it another go mm-hmm. um i i don't there, it doesn't have a serial or a parallel port or anything like that on it i think the options are just usb or wireless and yeah. i don't have wireless on sorry i don't have usb on my amiga so i suppose i'll try and do it wirelessly if i can yeah and but uh if it uses the standard wireless protocols like it it shares itself like a samba printer it yeah there should be that should be no different to using a shared printer you know on any other setup like so actually um, yeah that that might be the problem actually because on mac and on linux you have to install these the hp toolbox to uh, find the printer as far <laughs> as i know that, that might be, be that might be the issue, yeah. Because I was just using that on Linux to find the IP address of the printer and trying to print to it, and of course it didn't work. So that must be okay. So so that the, okay. So maybe the newer PCL three printers are a bit harder to connect to. Well, um, yeah. So yeah, because you might need USB on your Amiga then. Um, but if you do have and HP Toolbox possibly. Oh no, yeah. not, not if I yeah. Well, yeah. Y- it'd be interesting to see if it does show up as a network printer once you install that or if you can get linux drivers for it you know that can you know there might be sort of an open source hp toolbox equivalent you know but um it'd be be worth looking into though because if you once you can share that like a standard computer even if it is on the mac um you should be able to print to it from the amiga wirelessly you know just using the mac as a host for example you know plugged in with usb there yeah, that's actually sounding like the more um, the more likely option. Mm. <laughs> okay, thanks, Rob. No worries. And that's it for this month. Uh, music was by Virtual Dimensions and Banjo Gayali. Did we miss anything this month? Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, or you can email info at amigausers.ie. And this episode is edited by Anthony Jarvis, the one and only. <laughs> And we're playing out with Turrican 2, the final fight by Volker X. And thanks to Volker X for uh, permission to play this. Uh, hope you enjoy, and we'll see you in next month's episode. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
I'm on another spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> From the eight. Mm. Yeah. <laughs>